Thanks for downloading the Azarin podcast. I'd just like to issue a content warning. There is swearing in this episode. So if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, maybe just be aware. If you are in an office environment, maybe pop on your headphones. And if you have any feedback or questions, uh, you can get in touch with us. Details are at ozarin.com. Thanks. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm doing the intro again this week. There's a full house, plus one. Full deck of cards. It's me again. It's Tom. (laughs) It's that guy. So what are we here to talk about this week? Next year. Next year? Video games. We're here to talk about, well, next year, and I guess, like, expected next year may slip video games, because... Yeah, last last this time last year I was psyched up for Persona Five release in twenty sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly the only game I was really looking forward to. I was I was psyched up for Final Fantasy Fifteen. I think there's some coming on now. Yes. Something we should you learn are... from the past is it's entirely okay to get overhyped for a game and to spend years <laughs> anticipating something. Twenty sixteen the year we really didn't learn my thing. <laughs> We're going to learn soon. Before we do that, uh, how about we revisit that poorly remembered game quote from two weeks ago? So it was my poorly remembered game quote from last year. From last, last year? <laughs> last last time that wasn't the um, 2016 retrospective. And it was, why must you always muck in my mud? So that was, as I said last time, it was part of a quote. The full quote is, Crash, 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 why must you always muck in my mud? Which is, of course... Cortex's first proper line of dialogue in Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped. But can you do his laugh? No. <laughs> I can't. I'm not even going to try. Even try. That's, not, that's, that's not the spirit of Christmas. I, I, would, I, would, I would do it in injustice. I okay. would do it in injustice. Uh, so let's jump right into games that we're looking forward to next year. So I think this is a three out of four. I don't know how Tom <laughs> feels about it. Sorry, Tom, you don't even get. A number. <laughs> Three out of four people are looking at this game in the podcast. So the, the first one we're going to talk about is uh, Resident Evil 7, mm. which is um, the first big game, and it's kind of right out of the gate, it's at the end of January, um, the first big title of 2017, and it is a big title because it's, it's Resident Evil's chance for redemption. Can we call it what it is? What is it? Capcom capitalising on the failure of PT. Yeah, okay. no, I mean, they're, they're, they're similar in, in the fact that the demos both take place in a house, and they are horror-based, uh, but they are very different in terms of like what they actually are trying to achieve. Yeah, it's Capcom. Silent Hills was not going to be what PT is. No. Capcom, but, but Resident Evil 7 is not what their, Resident Evil 7 is heavily influenced by PT. Like, that's undeniable. It's also well, heavily they, they influenced by Resident Evil 1. No, Cap- the no, I would say it is. Uh, Capcom claimed that they started. I mean, I'm not going to believe Capcom and Tavern's. They did say that they developed this. They started developing this before PT was released. That's not to say that they didn't take. That's easy to say. Oh no, absolutely, it's easy to say, and I agree with that. Um, they have taken cues from PT. There's no denying that. However, they have also taken cues from the original, like three. Well, if you consider Code Veronica four Resident Evil titles, um, you are stuck in a small area. And it's kind of like a puzzle box. A puzzle box house mm. is what I would consider it as. Where you proceed through an area, um, kind of bit by bit. You're you're being drip fed keys and access to other areas, and it's all solving puzzles and finding bits and um, fingers that allow you f- fingers <laughs> and keys and all that kind of thing that allows you access to other parts of the area that you're in. And that's the core of original Resident Evil. Uh, Resident Evil One, Two, and Three are well. Maybe three to a lesser extent because three is a bit more action based and so is Code Veronica. Um, but one and two are very, they are puzzle games. The combat is mm. kind of secondary to how those games play. Yeah. Um, get, the gunplay is there, but 
it's very stationary. You're, the, the, the tank controls are because I would say that the original Resident Evil games are halfway between a point and quick and an actual 3D action game. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um... And I think that 7 is taken a little bit from that. Um, movement is restricted. Gunplay, if you've played the newest update at the beginning hour, you can get a gun in it, is restricted. It's all quite... You feel like a normal person in that situation. Obviously, that's not so much the case in the original games because you were part of Stars or you were Leon Kennedy who was a cop. But in this one, you're kind of implied to be a normal person. Um, so you're kind of working your way out of this bad situation. And it does feel like an evolution of the original concept there is in Evil, which is really interesting. It's a good thing, yeah. Liam, yeah. what were you going to say there? Sorry, I forgot. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Expectations for this, though, because did you not mention previously that the demo will not yes. appear, the locations from the demo will not appear in the final game? That's right, yes. So the, do we think it could vary drastically from that? And well, it's almost like... I would like to refer back to what Liam said with PT. Now, uh, PT is what, well, PT was... A- a teaser. It's like a short uh, game, basically, with a, a trailer attached to the end of it. Yes, uh, PT is a game that gives you a feel of what the final game is going to be, kind of. Yeah. It's sort of like, like Ground Zeroes to Phantom Pain. It showcases. Yeah. Yes. It showcases a lot of what they want to put in the final game, but yes. it isn't actually mm. related to the final game. And that is what Beginning Hour is. Beginning Hour is uh, it's like a part of Resident Evil Seven that isn't really in the final game. It's, it's giving you an idea of what is in there. It's giving you an idea of your surroundings. It's giving you an idea of what's going on story-wise. It's giving you an idea of how gunplay works, the enemies you're going to be facing up against, the kind of puzzles you're going to be doing, all that kind of thing. It's exactly like Ground Zeroes. Ground Zeroes is a great example of how to do that properly. Unfortunately, MGS5 wasn't. Let's hope Biohazard 7, well, bless the Evil 7. Why did I say Biohazard 7? Because you're um, a weep. Yes, because I'm a weep <laughs> and because I've, I'm looking to get Biohazard 2 Jewel Shock. Um, but um, hopefully, Resident Evil 7 will be an expansion of those good core concepts that will make it. I mean, Resident Evil 7 Beginning Hour is a great wee demo. It's and a if, great like game unto itself almost. It's, it's yeah, a small, I mean, small like, game, but like there are a lot of people who will get a lot of enjoyment from that. Yes. Um, I would, There's I, I, quite I, I, a lot of depth to the mansion. Yeah, no, there, there absolutely is. And it's it's a really well-built wee world that they've got. And I would like to think that that's going to be expanded in the final game. The now, things I, think, I would like to see them change from beginning hour yes. are um, <clears throat> being able to find the reason for certain things doing other things. Yeah, no, I like, agree. There's yeah. things like in, re- in beginning hour, it's... Uh, this area is now available to you because you did this thing, but there's no actual direct causation or anything. Yeah. So you watch a videotape. Now that hatch is open. The, the like, only it's example- a wee bit sort of like the the excuse feels like oh well it's spooky something happened while you were watching <laughs> yeah, the video. No, yeah, now I mean, this hatch is opened, but actually it's if lost. it's meant to be puzzle solving, there has to be uh, does logic to that in puzzle. Yeah. Films, yeah, but horror film doesn't require you to make logical conclusions. So if you're if you're solving puzzles, you need to have causation and like effect or whatever. Sure. Because you need to be able to reason if I do this, this'll happen. Instead of just going, if I do these things, maybe something will happen. Okay. Because you're what? just you're just fucking around with stuff and hoping a hatch will open for no reason. You need to be able to follow the logical like the thread of logic to its conclusion to solve a puzzle. Like in a point and click. Yeah. You need to be able to like what will this item do in this situation? And historically though point and clicks have been awful for that. You know, yeah. they're sort of like weird abstract puzzles that you Basically solve by just jamming. Yeah, just <laughs> fling stuff together and it's a bit weird. And I really hope like not to say that beginning hour was bad because it's amazing. Yeah. But there's things that 
it was just sort of a wee bit weird, and it came maybe was a product of the way they sort of um, updated it and released more content for it. Stuff like the finger yeah. having no use at all. At I the don't beginning. think they intended to update it at any point. I think they kind of just put it out there and put the items in. I was like, "Ooh, what could this be?" Yeah, it's meant to um, like intrigue. And everybody was like, "What is this?" And everybody was kind of expected to be like PT, where it was, it was like, really there was some bigger puzzle, and it wasn't meant meant to be that. So they've had to kind of build it from that. So I would really like to see that. I just hope that the puzzles are more logical. F- yeah. You'd be able to follow it like to its conclusion. Okay. I mean, it wouldn't be a big issue if it didn't. I still hmm. think it would be a great game. It would just feel a bit sort of. Do we have a release cheap. for it? January twenty ninth, I believe the release. Yeah, that's not bad. That's, that's it's very, very they only announced it not that long ago as well, right? It yeah, was like it's been in development for a good three years. So um, they, Which they is, held it back. I'd like to see more of that instead of years and years of hype. Tra- trailers and trailers and trailers and trailers. Yeah, it's yeah. coming. Like another game we know about. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, that was. I think the demo was uh, did better than I expected it to. The, de- the demo was very good. Yeah, I don't know what I was expecting, but like I've, I've, I haven't played it yet. I've watched a lot of videos <laughs> of people playing it because I'm just really not into jump scares. Like I probably won't. There play are, the game. There's one jump scare in that demo. There is one jump scare in that demo. Bro. Okay, there's the okay. Class. So right, I expect there to be more than than one jump scare. Like. Just the, the uneasiness of being in the room. It's like with PT. Like yeah. There are very few jump scares in it, but you're, oh. you've always got this like fear. Do you remember when yeah. we were playing it and we shit ourselves? when that Because it happened immediately. Yeah, but you were like, you were like, I think she's there. And I was like, no, she's not. And you're like, no, she is. And then she starts and then to materialise. Yeah, and I, like, that was so terrifying. Yeah. Bricked it. I think we turned it off after that. We were like, fuck this, we're done. Not, I, I don't blame you. Like, I, was, I was just watching it. It's not really a jump scare. Like, if you can tell something is there. No, no, because it was, it was like... It, is, it was, yeah, it was. Like a jump because scare. the way it happened, it was like, it was like, is she there? I think it's, she's there. She, she didn't and then she like flies towards yeah. the camera and grabs it's, it's, you and you're like, oh, oh yeah, my okay. god. There's literally a few frames between her fully appearing and then being in your face like yeah. from the other side of the hall. It makes yeah, you I jump. I keep forgetting that the, um, the ghost of PT is like, it's kind of available. It can just yeah. appear at any time. So, I keep forgetting that. So. Not to go too far off track, but have you played it since you installed it? Yeah, like, it works fine. It it's, yeah. Regardless of it working, I mean, have you oh. like yeah, gotten I, into it? I, I did it. I played it again um, and I follow the guide. I'm going to say that because yeah, I no, wanted to ex- experience it but I didn't want to spend hours. I already played for it's, before. It does have a really abstract yeah. uh, completion um, requirements. And so it's still amazing. It's like just a great wee game. Yeah. Is there like, a, is there like a, a definite way to get the Silent Hills trailer at the end though? Because well, we were, we were it wasn't. We were playing it here and we were trying the guide and we were doing it. the way through according to the guide. You have and to speak something on a microphone at some point? Was, was it Jay or something? Yeah. Or yeah. It was either Jay, Jay or Jada. But we were trying it and it just wasn't working. We were getting it. So it says... Look at the clock. When the clock strikes 12, walk 10 steps, uh, and then at the 10th step, mm. stop and wait for a child to laugh. I mean, this, We this got com- that to work, but it was talking to the mic. We couldn't get it to this do This does it. come mm. back to about like, uh, what you're talking about, puzzles not having... Yeah. Uh, that one is weird. <laughs> but yeah. um, but the, it makes sense with PT, because PT it defines itself as quite abstract. It's very surrealist, yeah. Um, like, like The point of PT is that nothing is quite what it seems, whereas Resident Evil 7 is like, it's more of like a kind of enclosed, yeah, sensible. Yeah. The Silent Hill, are wrong, you expect it to be mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Silent Hill is a mindfuck yes. where there's otherworldly things at play. So it's like uh, weird dimension stuff and cults and all that, mm. depending on what part of the canon you subscribe to. But whereas Resident Evil is all very scientific. It's like scientists created these monsters. Things happen not because of some outside force that is spooky, but because of... This I that's kind of what I Resident Evil is very much so, like, especially two and games after two are like very much 
body horror. Like as much mm-hmm. as more like a thing. Yeah. I would say Resident yeah. Evil's like yeah. rather than something um Silent Hill's inspired a lot by Jacob's ladder. Well Resident um, Evil it's like it, it comes from zombie films. And like the Living Dead thing, stuff like that, yeah. Whereas um Silent Hill's very much more psychological horror. I so, hope they sort of learnt from because they did piss people off with the demo as well. Yeah. It's a very successful demo, but at the same time they yeah. almost turned people off it because they presented it like it was gonna be like PT where there was gonna be lots of weird deep things to find and solve. And, yeah. But then it, it turned out that it was actually kinda a wee bit shallow to begin with, but they've—I think they've sort of made that up again. I suppose, but, like such a, an expansive demo like uh, the Resident Evil one, yeah. allows them to get feedback before they actually release the final yeah. game, and it's then almost, adjust based on that. Yeah, it's almost not for you to try it out as much as it was for them to also try it out. That's quite like that we we made this kind of game. How are people going to react to it? Yeah. Whereas PT wasn't really that. PT was more like let's let's see how people react to the the kind of it's not even like the kind of game they were making with PT. It's like the the concepts yeah. they were wanting people to react to rather than the mechanical basis of the game, which is more like what Beginning Hour is. Well, the yeah. way I, saw, I thought that PT was going to be... Because Beginning Hour is quite similar to what the final game will be. Yes, it's just absolutely. Not, whereas PT, I always thought, was completely separate. Mm-hmm. And, yes. And Silent Hills was going to be some other beast. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. With... Cause, we'll never know. Normal yeah. from the fucking feet. Which is fine, because <laughs> actually that just leaves us PT as a really nice short game. They've they've built it as this self-contained short story with a conclusion, Same. and it really, at least we've got that. Don't touch that down now. We're almost getting started. Yeah, <laughs> and um, never did. So, uh, Ash, you've mentioned that you're really looking forward to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, the latest Legend game. of Zelda game. Yeah. Does um, that mean you're buying a Switch? No. Are you gonna play it on the Wii U? I'm gonna play it on the Wii U. What if you want to play it on the bus? <laughs> Why in the name of God would I want to play it on the but bus? Ash, what if you and want like, to play it at your friend's garden party? At oh, 40%. that's true. That like is, like oh, in the Switch yeah. trailer. But that's Ash, like, Karen, <laughs> are you not into eSports? <laughs> I <laughs> love eSports. Yeah, eSports. Is any are, are any of you getting a Nintendo Switch? Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Liam's already said he's getting one. Because you love eSports, Karen. I don't want a Switch, <laughs> but I'm buying one. I mean... Liam, Liam loves consoles. He loves hardware. Uh, yeah. thing. A representative from Nintendo came round to his house and put in his credit card. Listen, Liam, we, we've noticed you've bought a lot of digital games. Wouldn't it be awful if we deleted your account no, via Switch? <laughs> I'd like to make it clear that Nintendo have not contacted me in any way to endorse or threaten me. <laughs> <laughs> they got Reggie Fisa mate to come to your house and threaten to battery and tell you inside a Nintendo Switch. He says, aren't you a, an idiot for wanting mother on the fucking uh, Game Boy Advance UK market or whatever <laughs> sorry you're excited about a game yeah Tell us. <laughs> I am although again it's I suppose it's a similar idea to you with Persona 5 I am tentatively excited for it it does you can pre-order it but I still don't necessarily think that that means it's definitely going to come out How do because you... they've been lying to me for years <laughs> since 2014 they've been lying about <laughs> they've been game. lying to me I'm saying it's coming out for years now so okay. still tentative about it but it looks really good so there's I don't think there is an, a, a definitive release date it's just no, 2017 it's, it's 2017 and it is up for pre-order the, um, on a variety it's of a good theme for the Switch isn't it at the does. moment it's like might be coming out we don't know by the it, console it's, yeah. it's probably coming out in 2017 but like Here's some cool stuff, I suppose. Here's a new maybe? console, which it would look great on, by the way. So you should get one of those just in case. How do you, you feel uh, Mario Run until then? I've heard it's good. I could, but I. Uh, Fortnite downloads, it must be good, right? 
How do you feel about the open world not having a theme? It's got more sort of responsive audio. So it's not like... Because I think older Zelda games had like your open world theme and you've got your town themes and you've got... You know, uh, and I think it might just be a nostalgic thing for me, but I actually really like having that as opposed to something more like Final Fantasy XV where they didn't really have that. No, they did have that in XV, but it was a bit more, have a bit more responsive. Yeah. But whereas in in um, Zelda Breath of the Wild, from what I can tell, there is no overworld theme and music sort of, it's got more of a, a, Procedural a sort of chilled out, relaxing sort of outdoorsy vibe. And then sometimes when things happen, music happens as a response to like a fight or was flying. Was not similar to that? I can't remember. So when you're on the open sea, it does, it's usually quiet, but occasionally when you first it, sail, it plays the main theme. Oh, I might just be misremembering. So I mean, I always mis- maybe just so that it hypes you up at certain moments. Or I mean, I mean, if it's adaptive, then it's going to react to certain situations or um, themes I thought Wind Waker had like a sort of like dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, you know. No, no, like, it, it's, like, it's got it's like, like a really good uh, main yeah. theme, but it doesn't play it all the time when you're in the boat. It, okay. it plays it like I think it's usually when you set off from an island to another island or something else but like quite a lot of the time it will change based yeah. on the situation or the weather or uh, if you go to, if you're close to another island okay. regardless I, do you think that's better than I like it I think it's a good idea um, I mean it's a new venture for The Legend of Zelda they have decided to go out into open world it's like what they've They've said it's is it ten re- or something yeah. more times bigger than the uh, the overworld was in like Twilight Princess. Okay. Um, is it now? Because it kind of feels like a departure, but to me also a return to form. It is. It is. It's sort it's of a like a return to in the sense that it is a larger scaled open world game yeah. but they have gone back to original Legend of Zelda where they are going to drop you in the overworld with no clue what you're doing. And no clue where you're going. It's only oh, really no. since the first one that they did that, isn't yeah. it? Or yeah. the second one, I can't remember. But I know like... Uh, the second one's terrible, anyway. What is it? A Link to the Past. You wake up in bed and you're like, you have to go do this now, shit. Like, yeah. Link, go and do yeah. the story. And you're like, okay, I'll go do that. And it sort of guides you through it. Whereas you're right, A Legend of the Zelda, the literature is just like, okay, here you are. Yeah. You There's are a man a in that cave. You are alive. Enjoy. He'll give you a sword, but he won't tell you what's going on. And go and find the thing. Yeah, they seem to have very much gone back to that in Breath of the Wild. You're gonna you wake Samus every game. You do wake up, and I think you get an idea of what is going on, um, in the grand scheme of the world. Because obviously Hyrule's in ruins, but they just leave you to it. Like do it's just like on you go poke around. The world is very much not on fire. What what <laughs> do we know when this is set in the? I know the Zelda timeline's a bit of a funny subject yeah. yeah do we know when it's set is it set before anything or after anything no yeah I don't know if they've given any is there any evidence to say that the Zelda timeline isn't just bullshit uh, they, they released no. a book on it now they released a book on it but I think it was mostly just them going that yeah sure the Hyrule okay. historian just, yeah that's mm-hmm. it yeah. it's uh, as far as I'm aware there's no definitive when it's set there's a lot of speculation but everybody's got their own ideas and yeah the timeline for a legend of zelda zelda is all over the place people wind waker played their own with it though, they're like oh this happened yeah, in that so. one and then this one in wind waker they kind of do the whole thing is like you are now the the hero yeah and there have been heroes in the past yeah and each new hero does something he's a little yellow-haired boy who yeah. is cheerful yeah. and go in um boat bye well plus yeah. spoilers you find out that you're actually uh, in the same world as as like the classic Zelda games, but like but Hyrule like the... was sunk uh, and like ice caps and global warming and shit. I do love Wind Waker. 
It's great. It's, it is a it's, really good game. Yeah. Breath of the Wild kind of has a. It's gone from away because like Twilight Princess had that sort of um, murky, washed out palette to mm. its like colors. Whereas Breath of the Wild kind of has like pastels and stuff, doesn't yeah. it? I like that. It, it looks really, colorful again. Sky, Skyward Sword was just shit. Skyward Sword was a very bad Legend of Zelda game. I did not enjoy it. I think I played all. 10 minutes of Twilight Princess. I got as far as trying to get the horse by whistling at it. And then I was like, I can't do this. And then I just turned <laughs> I it off and didn't play it again. Now see, <laughs> Twilight Princess is a funny one because when I was younger, I hated Twilight Princess. I played it, but I really didn't get it and I wasn't particularly into yeah. it. And it was just dark and dreary and annoying. And I got it when they did the HD remake, and mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's actually up there with one of my favorite Leg- Legend of Zelda games. Now there's a and HD remake of just... Twilight Princess. Yeah, yeah. on the Wii U. Wii U yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe I'll dust off my Wii U. Yeah, I've got uh, the little midnight. Oh, the amiibo. I remember the amiibo, and that unlocked a dungeon, didn't it? Yeah. You have to have the amiibo. Yes. Do you just it's, have to scan uh, it once? Yeah. So okay. Um, it's not like don't get me wrong. It's not a particularly exciting dungeon. Right. Um, it's more of. It's a not a dungeon of, from the original game. No. So there's it's, no. It's, it's not like important. a strange, almost time trialy esque dungeon that you uh-huh. can just keep playing to try and beat yourself. Ah. Uh, it's not a. It's not a necessity. Like yeah. if, if so, you're not the kind of person that wants to collect those kind of things, it's not. A big is there anything in particular that you're like looking forward to about the game? Yeah, a new Nintendo game. <laughs> Yes. Something to play <laughs> on a Nintendo console. Something yeah. to play on your new console. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's going to be cool. I'm going to use my Switch to play Super Mario Bros. Oh, Wii U game. <laughs> no, yeah, Breath of the Wild. It's, it's just the open world aspect that really excites yeah. me. Like, the fact that it's an, a Zelda game that sort of takes its cues from, like, older Zelda games. What? I am interested in the, the aspects that they've... What aspects they've put into it because it is open world. So, I mean, they've, they've obviously taken, rather than... The other games where you were sort of given things and you had no... I mean, there was no need for survival skills or anything in them. You just wandered around and did whatever you wanted to do and went where they told you and they gave you stuff. Whereas from the trailers where you saw people playing at E3 and they went through it, they've kind of... It looks like they've picked up bits from things like Skyrim and stuff like that where they've gone from other open world games and they've thought, right, rather than just go with the bog standard Legend of Zelda but throw it in an open world they've brought in new aspects, which I think would be fun because, to be honest, every Legend of Zelda game is kind of the same. Like, it's yeah. the same story. Like, it's the same game. The art direction reminds me a little of the Ghibli films with, uh, like, soul protagonists. Yeah. yeah, it's that kind of... So, like, Laputa and... Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, Stuff like... like Noshka and yeah. just... Yeah. Particularly like, other games like... The games like Nino Kuni and, and that. Mm. Those that uh, Noshka and Laputa are ones that um, Hideaki Anno worked on, aren't they? It does kind of have a an animal image kind of. They're very maybe, environmental. Yeah, yeah. They're they're very about the landscape and about one. They're all about, about that actually. And... Speaking about that, I quite like the idea that the environment can affect things. Like um, we've seen in demos that you can chop down trees and set things on fire. Yeah. And that's a really interesting aspect. And it's... he gets cold, so you have to you have to make sure that yeah, you have to take in... appropriate clothing. So it's going to be really like cool, resource yeah. gathering based uh, open world. Yeah, like I love a bit of fishing and mining when it comes to like any but RPGs. Does, so. does that like maybe take you away from the story though? If there's if it's if it's it more depends. about keeping your character it, it alive. It depends how know. simple the story is though, because a lot of older Zelda games had very simple stories. So the first Zelda game, I think the story is literally just get the 
is Triforce in it? I, yeah, get the Triforce, Triforce defeat Ganon yeah. and, and save that's it. Zelda. Like, that's all the story is. So, from that point to that point, it's literally just you solving these dungeons and to progress. So, if it's a very simple story of just Link has to go on a journey, like maybe... Because, I mean, in, in Lord of the Rings, they make camp and stuff and it doesn't detract from the main story because there's not really a lot going on half the time. I mean, there's loads going on. I mean, but, do, you, like, do you know what the story for Breath of the Wild is? Haven't a clue. Don't know what the story is, but I know that there are more than 100 shrines of trials to discover yeah. and explore. Yeah. So, but like, but like, Breath of the Wild. But if, if they're not mandatory, then it's. Unless, obviously, you want to go into it completely blind. Like, I, I just don't. I just didn't realize that the story had been explained. It's not really been explained, but they have, they have given a rough. Like, you're, you wake up, uh, Hyrule is in ruins. Right. Um, and Ganon has been imprisoned. Calamity Ganon has been like imprisoned in the Hyrule castle. Yeah. No one was able to defeat him. There was no. Oh, so they just locked him in. So he's just been locked in. So you have to deal with him because otherwise he's going to break free and take over the world again. That's so it's pretty just... much it. It's pretty much just the same kind of story yeah. of go on a journey, find him, win. Which is fine. So basically, that sets the premise for him being on this journey in the first place, and then the game is immersing yourself in Hyrule. Yeah. That sounds fine to me. Yeah. I mean, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um. It would work in a game where that's the point. Where the point is that the story is hands-off and there's not a lot going on. But if it gives you enough of a... I mean, it's a bit wanky. But games like <laughs> No Man's Sky, where the, they, they, they claim that the point of No Man's Sky isn't that there's a story or anything. It's about the experience mm. and the atmosphere and stuff. And I can see maybe people enjoying that in No Man's Sky. I can't personally. But... And I don't really believe that was the point because the way they sold it wasn't on that, I don't think. <laughs> but I'm not going to get into that argument. But in this case, if that is the point of the game is you immerse yourself in this world as Link and that is the experience that you get from it and it's not really a, a storytelling experience and I don't see any way where that would matter. But I agree that the question you asked is do you think that would detract from the story? And yeah. if there was a story that was a bit deeper and a bit more involved, then taking you away to have to... It's like... Okay, you want to hear about the story now, but uh, Link is cold and hungry, so go and farm oh, and go and cut see, down some trees. Quite often and that I stuff's disagree. used as padding for a yeah. game where yeah. there's, there is very little to do. I love that yeah. kind of stuff, though. Like, personal preference, obviously. I suppose yeah. in terms of, you know, gameplay and actual continuity, etc., it's maybe not great, but I really... I am the kind of person that... I mean, you commented on it when I've been playing games. I'm not in any way a completionist in terms of, you know, having to get the story done and get all the trophies and all the rest of it but if I stumble across a side quest I have to do it or if I stumble across yeah. something yeah. I have to do it as long as it's more than a glorified Tamagotchi and that's I all love I'm Wander saying. enough like, oh surely I, I if there's stuck. dungeons yeah. Yeah, yeah like once you get to the dungeons there'll be dungeon crawling and stuff yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I want to have the motivation to do it I mean if you, if you were to take the original Legend of Zelda and sort of extrapolate on it and make a modern game um, and I think that this is just the next logical step is the the conflict is surviving in this world and having to do this thing I think that's going to be fine as long as I mean it could be bad it really comes down to how they implement it and how they do it and whether or not it is engaging enough to keep you interested but um, I don't think it'll matter because I don't anticipate the story being that involved I doubt it, it. I like mean it. the thing yeah. is from the Obviously, they made an example of it in the E3 gameplay and their treehouse, like Nintendo treehouses and stuff, where they've shown people playing it. Of, you know, he gets cold, put clothes on him, and make a fire, blah blah. But 
I don't know how much of that is that they've deliberately forced those situations to show you that you can do it in the game. See, like, I, I don't know how intrusive it is actually going to be, how often it's going to matter, or if it's just a case of, you are now going to a part of Hyrule that is snowing, so prepare yourself. See, I'm wondering if that's, like, obviously, because it's open world, like, people anticipate that of an open world game, is like, you've got to try and survive and make yourself a part of that world and, like, Make fires and dress your character yeah. properly and upgrade your armor. Whereas in the older games like um, Legend of Zelda and my personal favorite Zelda, and I think Tom will agree with me here, Link's Awakening. Oh yeah. Link's Awakening. Every single little screen was a wee puzzle in itself. Yeah. And it's it's all about like oh I've got to progress here to get to this bit of the screen. You've got to do this and go back and do this and yeah. do this dungeon where you get this item and then you can get to this part of the screen and that. But you can't really do that in any open world games now because of the way that the maps are laid. There's no screen by screen progression. Yeah. Mm. So I think now that the, the main thing is is surviving in this open world that has loads of interacting elements, which is interesting in itself. It's not. I don't. I wouldn't say it's worse than what it was in the past, where you've got all these different screens you have to interact with. It's just another. It's just a different way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can still, it's interesting. You can argue that like screen by screen is replaced with room by room, and then maybe sure. in an open world it's replaced by day by day because oh, if, yeah, if no, at the absolutely. end of the, each day you have to. I'm not like saying there's a direct comparison, but I mean. <laughs> It's just a case of as technology grows and it, it becomes more yeah. progressive. Yeah, yeah you like, lose that ability to have like a physical puzzle. Yes, like no, it's absolutely. not it's not actually a, a thing where you have to get through it by solving a puzzle in like the sense that like a Sudoku puzzle or something yeah. or like a a sliding tiles puzzle. Yeah, the 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 conflict is a completely is a bit more. Is yeah. You have to use the environment in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's something funny though. Um, because I think Dark Souls is a game that is a modern game that has retained the same sort of feeling of the old Zelda games where mm-hmm. each environment is almost a puzzle that you have to solve and get through. It's funny how much that game, if you put it on paper, feels like an older game. Mm. But yeah. an older game that has... I think for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, I mean, like... But it's also it's also like a really... Like, it's not that it's a, a game that hasn't progressed. It's still pushing things and, and being innovative and yeah. inventive. But it's I just a progression wanted to, of the, yeah. the classic kind of dungeon crawling. I just wanted to, I saw an opportunity to gush about Dark Souls. No, no, like, yeah. I don't, don't get me started. I thought <laughs> Souls, Souls games are very much games. Like, they, they have proper progression and they have ways that you can interact with environments like, Story, the story is like very much like gold telling it's all hands off and you just kind of progress through it and the story kind of happens around you or you pick up on bits of where story has happened already and you're kind of trying to catch up with it hmm. it's not, not maybe so much with old Zelda games but like the, the Souls games have a very traditional core and I think that's why people like them they're not pretentious and they're not kind of aloof and they don't assume that the player is an idiot they assume that the player is looking for a challenge and that that's often that challenge in order for you to achieve the progression in the world of the story, which is again that's why I think people like Souls games. Yeah, did you I've know never... Zelda turned thirty this year? I did not. That's intense. So what turns thirty next year? Final Fantasy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and specifically, Final Fantasy Seven turns twenty. Twenty on January twenty January thirty first. That is a long ass time ago. Oh my god. Which is, is um, 
particular of particular importance to some people in the room. Yes, because, because I know Dave. I don't know about yourself. For uh, oh, Tom as well. You fucking kidding me? I don't know how much. I don't know which Final Fantasy because everyone has a Final Fantasy that is their important Final Fantasy. It's the one that they played it's, it's first. Still seven. I mean, for you, is it seven? Seven was the one I played first. Yeah. It is still yeah. my favourite in Final the series. Fantasy. For our yeah. for our good friend Johnny, the most dangerous guy in Glasgow, the most dangerous man in Glasgow, sort of that. Get his name right, you fuck you up. His is uh, Final Fantasy VI, which you will defend to the death, of course. But Final Fantasy VI also is an amazing game. I just yeah. have yeah, like Seven is the one that has you can't replace the time and place that you played your first Final Fantasy. Yes. So you might play another one and go, yes, that's a good game, but it won't have the... And no, some people will go, well, that's not. just your nostalgia for it. And it's like, I don't know. Out of interest, <laughs> was Final Fantasy VI Johnny's first Final Fantasy? Well, I would I like to know was. Uh, under what was. circumstance he got it, because I don't believe it was out in this country. Um, yeah, it was. Or if, and if it wasn't... Seven was the first one. Three came out. Seven, um, seven was definitely the first one here. Seven was the first one in Europe. Yeah. Um, th- Final Fantasy VI was released in Final Fantasy III in the yeah, US. Yeah, Final Fantasy I one and... Three. Yes. Yeah. Oh, one, three, four, and five were not released in the US. It was. It was obtained. Oh no, one, one and two were. Sorry. One and two, and then it skipped four and five. Three, four, and five. Oh. But oh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's every potential they're going to get a massive re-release in yeah. 2017, right? Um, well, the rumor is. Well, shall we shall we go back to like the the actual event because the reason we started discussing seven is was the Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy's thirtieth anniversary is next year. Yes, the the big anniversary event they just announced last week is taking place on January 31st which is the 20th anniversary of Final Fantasy 7 to the day in Japan is the, that event yes so that's got to have some significance to the remake right yeah which Almost is very exciting yes. there's got to be a trailer well uh, but the thing is they've done this before where they're like everyone's like oh there's got to be oh, something yeah, yeah. and Square have always been the kind of company to go no. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> if you were hoping to hear about this game maybe later they did Please that look E3 a few it. years ago right it was like oh and we're remaking Final Fantasy. He, uh, oh no! Or they, we're re-releasing. People it. were like, people. Were, they did a thing, and I'm sure they knew it. Is when they were like, um, they, they were like, oh, and it's a, a game that is very important to people and popular. It's we're gonna this old game, and then they presented it. You know, it comes in quiet and eerie. You hear like the first wee hint of like Final Fantasy VII music. I think it's like the green sort of the whatever. But then they were like, so. but then they were like. Surprise! It's just a PS4 re-release of the original game. Yeah, that was and everyone was certain it was going to be the hate, like the remake, and you could hear it in like the room, like just the sort of like oh, and then, like, oh. and then the next year they were like, oh, but also here's the remake. Yeah. Which so was, well, that 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 originally happened at PlayStation Experience 2014, which yeah. was the first PlayStation Experience PlayStation Experience event, and they made a big deal about it, like Liam said, and they built it up and built it up, and it's like, oh, it's just a port of the PC version. But here's the thing about that. They when, they, when they announced that they knew they were remaking Final Fantasy VII yeah. and they went intentionally withheld that information to fuck with people the point being I can see <laughs> I, 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 I can see that it is entirely possible that they know perfectly well that they're putting this event on on the 20th anniversary <laughs> of Final Fantasy VII and then just to not show anything and I don't know if they do it because they don't understand what they're doing or because they really enjoy fucking with people oh you know it's because <laughs> they enjoy it I mean yeah. if I find things that's here's what another, I would do here's another thing as well now, Tetsuya Nomura, in the last couple of months, previous to this, um, who is the director of Final Fantasy VII Remake and Kingdom Hearts 3, um, has said, I would really like to show something for Final Fantasy VII's 20th anniversary. Now, today, the day of recording, which is the 23rd of December, just to make this clear, um, they've put up a 20th, or a 15th, sorry, anniversary video for Kingdom Hearts as a series. Hmm. And they record Tetsuya Nomura, Talking about the new games that are coming out, which is 1.5 and 2.5 HD remix for the PS3, or PS4, sorry, and more importantly, 2.8. Um, 
and they record them, and he's not really sure what's going on. He, he specifically says, like, I didn't know this video was re- being recorded. I've put a hat on to cover my bed hair. <laughs> and it's, I've been it, walking from my drug coma. <laughs> what year is this? It's, it's, and he's kind of, he That's why he likes like, belts so much. Yes, please send more drugs. It's, it's almost as if he's like, what's going on? And it, it feels like Square actively, like, screw with them. Like, <laughs> yeah, because like, they've really just sort of fucked him around. Like, oh, you're doing this now. Oh, no, you're doing this. Because... Um, funnily enough, he did not realise that he was going to be directing the Seven remake. That's right. That's a funny story. Um, they they took they had an internal presentation for the remake. This was before it was announced, obviously, in early twenty fourteen, I believe the date was that they said. And Nomura said they went to this internal presentation and said, like, "Here's what we're going to do for the remake. It's going to be this, that, and here's our PowerPoint." Because every internal presentation is a PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it was like director Tetsuya Nomura, and he was like, "I wasn't made about." <laughs> and they just they just assumed I would do it. <laughs> and luckily, I did because I've been taken off Final Fantasy Fifteen. <laughs> and that's, that's they're it. like, "Is that me?" The, 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 the implication was that they took him off Fifteen without telling him that they were going to put him on foot on the Seven remake. Let's which just is hope he doesn't build off of this. Oh, it would be a. Um, they can't. <laughs> I love your reasoning there. Yeah, they just, <laughs> they just can't. That's coming from a place ah. of they can't hurt me again. If they do it, I will be a broken man. If, this if, is a direct if, message to um, whoever works at Square. Like, in the off chance you're listening to this, we please don't hurt me again. We, we know where Square yeah. Next Headquarters are now. Yeah, we've been we there. We know. Although the, there's those two cops. <laughs> they looked at us shadily because we were standing next to the site. Please don't take pictures. Please, All right. Like that, they put the cross up. Um, I think they were investigating a crime. They, they don't say no, they just cross their arms. Yeah, it's the dummy hands. Yeah. But, but like, oh, well, they were investigating a crime in the area and we were there taking tourist pictures and the police were like, please don't take photos. <laughs> well, move away from the landmark. But yeah, uh, anyway. Investigate your crime somewhere else. <laughs> if only you could have committed the crime down the road where the host clubs are. <laughs> Was the crime Final Fantasy Fifteen? <laughs> oh <my> God! <laughs> Sorry, Liz. We're, we're investigating a, a heinous crime in the series. Oh, no. oh. okay. Fuck. Podcast over, folks. Let's oh go. Oh my home. God! Yeah, we promised we weren't gonna. But we, um, I ruined it. So yeah, this event um, they might be showing something from Seven. Uh, I don't know what else they're showing. They're, they're going to Zodiac Age, yeah, Final Fantasy Twelve. Uh, but there's also rumors that they're going to release a massive collection of all of the games. Yes, and this is from I think the the source of the rumor is a fairly Neogaf. Okay, well, was it Neogaf? I believe. I thought it was there was Neo- another one. Well, it, it was it was a source that took its source from Neogaf, I think. Oh, okay. Um, it's one of Everyone's sourcing each other out. <laughs> if they do a collector's edition of all of their games, there's no way I can afford it. Yeah, I'm taking on a second job. I was going to say, none of you can afford that. Jesus Christ. I'm going to suck some dicks. It's going to have... The thing is, the rumour reads like somebody who is making it up because it's like, it's going to have this. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to have this. Uh, and it's going to uh, have this. It's going to have everything. It's going to have... It wouldn't surprise me for them to do something completely yeah. fucking over the top. But they're also it's allegedly going to be doing um, ports to the current gem of the Final Fantasy 13 trilogy, which you could see happening. Oh like yeah, no, doing that, all that the other games. See, yeah. um, and that's supposed to be included in the big box set. And there's it's, it's like um, lightning. Lightning's great, I isn't she? Yeah, I love all pets. <laughs> this is the worst birthday ever. Remember when we did that quest in, 13, in um, 14, and we just oh, got, yeah. we just spammed the end game chat where we talking about how great our armpits were. What to give that context, that was. there was um, an in no no context, please. <laughs> just leave it to people's. I don't need any context. I know how wonderful those armpits are. So, 
Well, one one of the games that is definitely confirmed is the Zodiac the Zodiac Age, Age yeah, which is the remake of Final Fantasy Twelve. It's it's not a remake, is it? It's a remaster, specifically of the international version of Twelve. I don't 12. give a fuck. Yes. God <laughs> damn it! <laughs> no, it's it's, 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 it's it is the international version with like high-res skins and yeah. Um, it looks nice. The the video comparisons. It's cool you've, you've put me down now. I'm just <laughs> I just think there's a lot of pedantry around remake, re-release. No, I think it's a very important um, distinction. As, as, a, as a remaster. When people start as saying, oh, it's a remake plus, or... It's... A remake plus is bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, that, a remake that, plus. That people are going to yeah. start making names up for them. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway, it's a... It's, it's a thing. It's a, it's a remaster because it is the same game but with a bit more. It's a current gen release. Yeah, it is, but it's it's the same game. It's not. They haven't gone yeah. back and remade it. They've just ported. They, they have just ported it and, and enhanced the. I guess you could say they remade the textures. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it looks but good. it looks really good. And When's it coming out? Uh, Sometime which we don't know. Sometime next year. It's like June or so. It's yeah, confirmed like, for maybe, next year. Yeah, yeah. It's confirmed. Right. It's not. This isn't a rumor. Just to um to clarify, this is not part of the rumor. This is an actual confirmed title that has trailers and stuff out there at the moment. Yeah, it's um, about June. Yeah. It's in like a three or four month. What is specifically yeah, different yeah, about the Zodiac June. Age? There's a different level. Yeah, so it's, a different, it's a different job system specifically in the international Zodiac version. Um, I've not played it. I know that our friends um, and Final Fantasy um, aficionados uh, Leo, uh, Leo, no, not Final Fantasy aficionados no you are um, Paul you and Malcolm they're kind of cutting it fine apparently the release date is December 29th 2017 Here's that's the thing, a, Square, Square are a very big company now. Like, they're not just a developer, they're a publisher. They own, like, so many different studios and stuff. Yes. They can have as much going as, like, because you worry that maybe they're stretching themselves thin, but you could see the Zodiac Age is quite, It's they could easily just outsource that to a small company. Oh, yeah. Like, the Metal Gear Solid games were done by Bluepoint. Mm. The, 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 the HD ports of them were done by Bluepoint. Was it Bluepoint for them? And then the other team, who did the Silent Hill ones? The, the, the bad ones. Yeah, those were shit. definitely not Bluepoint. So you do, you do have to be c- careful when you're doing it, but if Konami can outsource that kind of thing, Square have so many more resources. Um, and I think they've been working on... like The Zodiac Age was announced a while ago. It was announced. So they must have been working on it before then. Here's an interesting thing about the Zodiac Age. Um, it was accidentally announced at a Distant Worlds concert. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, the, the, How the, accidental? The composer... For the, I think Arnie Roth is his name, Aye, the, um, yeah. who, di- who conducts the Distant Worlds concerts. He, when he was about to play a bit of new FF12 music, I think it was, he said, look forward to FF12 HD. And nobody really knew what he was talking about. And people <laughs> recorded like, him saying it. People recorded him saying it and he was like, I didn't mean that. Um, <laughs> it was a mistake. Yeah, that was the worst thing he could have said. He, he could have just, if he said it and then left it after the fact when people were like, HD, he was like, oh, they're bound to do it, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He should have played it cool. He yeah. shouldn't have gone, I didn't mean that. <laughs> and then, <laughs> like, and then like, two months later, I'm like, surprise, 12 HD, cool. <laughs> and nobody's seen him since. And then they all go, ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie Roth, isn't it? Is it Arnie Roth? He's in the same place that that waiter that spilled stuff at on oh my god! They've they've taken him out to um... the guy that spilled the high potions on my jeans, and then the woman who tried to clean them. I'll get over it. Oh my god! So well, long ago. Look, she was she was quite close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna hold that to my grave. She was that was the most awkward thing I've seen, and then you were like, "It's waterproof." Cellphone, <laughs> cellphone. Oh, it's waterproof. Oh, okay. <laughs> Problem solved. Cool. But genuinely quite excited for next year. Yeah, it should be good. Recent for games fantasy. can't. Put a dampener on. If, if seven, if seven remake is bad, I might kill myself. 
That. You've heard it here, folks. No. So we've got a position no. opening up sometime next year. If it gets less than a six out of ten, I should be in. It's like, well, come on, let's get this over. Yeah. Yeah. Dave's gonna let's kill go. Ash I'm... is gonna kill Dave. She just hand you a knife. I'd like to help. I'm gonna record a special edition of the podcast just for that. I'd like to welcome our new permanent member of the podcast. You may have noticed I've been here a couple of times now. Top Tom, you have to go back to Edinburgh. So, uh, well, hopefully uh, another game that you can look forward to is Sonic Mania. Sonic Mania? That looks great. What's Sonic Christopher um, Whitehouse. Whitehead. Christian Whitehead. Whatever. Um, who I've made the same mistake on a previous podcast. You did. Christopher Chris, Whitehouse. Christopher Robin from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> no, Chris, but, um, sorry, Christian, Christian Whitehead. There's some very specific reasons why Sonic Mania is a very exciting Sonic game. Yes, because... Nobody Chris, from Sonic team is involved. Well, <laughs> that as well. Um, there's a couple of reasons, and one you might not know about a little bit. Um, there is there has been some elaboration on who Christian Whitehead is, but I'll, I'll go into a little bit. Well, we've done it on the podcast. Yes, Christian Whitehead is an ex-fan game developer. He used to develop mm. Sonic fan games in his spare time um, under the name of the Taxman. Um, along with another guy called Stealth occasionally um, and he made Retro Sonic XG and um, Sonic Nexus uh-huh. um, which were they never got past the, develop, the, the demo stages but like what stages they had done were really very 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 close to the original Sonic in terms of design style mm-hmm. music everything like that but the other one that's the other team that's involved in this are Pagoda West Games mm-hmm. Pagoda West Games were at one point developing an HD remake of Sonic 2 Right. Which was also very faithful. Now that that remake is still in development, but um, it, it's a different team now, and it's not the same people involved. Um, a lot of people left because of different issues with um, uh, creative control. Um, but Sonic Mania um, is effectively what a Sonic game made for the Sega Saturn should have probably been. Um, it's Sonic um, kind of late Sonic game for the Mega Drive crossed with like um, CD quality music um, better physics better frame rate all that kind of thing specifically it's 2D it is 2D so it's specifically more like uh, it looks aesthetic you're talking like, more like Sonic and Knuckles Sonic 3 not even quite that more like Knuckles Chaotix uh, the Woo, one for Knuckles. the 32X yeah. do you remember that one? I do um, good um, <laughs> I've never played it but I know what it looks like well I have played it I've played it on emulator Um but it's more like that. It's got a really high colour palette. It looks really visually very interesting. Um, so what Sonic Mania is, it's a celebration of the franchise for, the, for Sonic's 25th anniversary. Mm. Um, and hopefully not one that will be Sonic 2006. Um, so it's, it's going back to the, the engine that Mr. Whitehead has created is as close as you can possibly get to the original engine developed for Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, it's physics are like pretty much one-on-one. Um, and the physics for original Sonic games are a very big part of why people enjoy them because it's all about momentum and mm. all that kind of thing. It's, the momentum's a really big part of why Sonic is an enjoyable game for those consoles because it's all about speedrunning, get through the levels as quick as possible, getting past all the platforming puzzles and all that kind of thing, mm. and just getting a really good feel for the flow. Um, and that looks like it's carried over to this. Um, so I'm very excited to see how this one's going to turn out because they're taking a new turn on some classic levels as well. The trailers that they put have um, put a Green Hill Zone, which now is an underground bit, so it's like a, a cave bit for Green, Green Hill Zone where you can see like a, an overhang, yeah, like on the roof of a cave, while you go underground in Green Hill, which is not, not something that's been done before. 
and another one as an unused level for Sonic 2 that never got past the conceptual design stages, which is called Dust Hill Zone. Um, and that's been repurposed into like a, a pseudo sort of like Wild West zone, which mm-hmm. has loads of like dusty bars and stuff. It looks really cool. Um, and there's another one which has, um, it's like a, a TV studio zone. So go loads of cameras and like huge popcorn buckets that um, Sonic can get like cooked in and popped in the pocket. It's really weird. Um, but like there's loads of wee, wee tiny little references everywhere for like Sonic and Sega fans in general. Yeah. So like in the TV zone there is a truck from Sega Rally. Mm. Um, and the well West zone there are photos of Sonic characters from the uh, Master System and uh, um, the handheld games. There's a like wanted posters and stuff, isn't there, for like Knack and or for, or for Knack and Fang, um, as he was called, and the Knack and Fang and Bean. Bean well, from Na- Bean. Knack and Fang are the same person. It's just oh diff- yeah, sorry, different that's region. right. Um, the, the guy with the hat. Um, the weasel is he a weasel? Uh, he, uh, I, I don't know. Well, so he's, he's, he's Knack, an, Knack the weasel. Yeah, he was he's Knack. In in the comics, um, he was part of the chaotic. Yes, um, and Bean <laughs> is the dynamite. Well, he's a polar bear, actually. He was, he was Sonic from the Fighters. Sonic the Fighters, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. You guys know a lot about Sonic. I know a lot about Sonic. I, I knew he was blue, so he could run fast. Sonic. It's weird. He's, he's a hedgehog. when I was a kid. Like, I, I collected the comics, I played all What's of the Sonic's games. middle name? The. <laughs> no, that's wrong. Because <laughs> we thought it was Maurice. It's, that's actually canonically untrue, apparently. Yeah, because Tom's... So, um, my, friend, so, my friend Mike, who Maurice. knows a lot about Sonic also. It's just like... <laughs> well, well, we found it in a comic. Yeah. There's a comic where he's like, um, something, something, or my middle name's not this. Actually, my middle name is Maurice, but whatever. And so we were like, oh, it must be Maurice. But turns out no so originally it's right, like when so you the, find out that Crash Bandicoot's cousin isn't called Squid James yeah so originally <laughs> I originally can't believe the, the it is Maurice but that's, no, that's no, a comic apparently, apparently, yeah, apparently yeah. that comic is not canonical right so this came from originally I can't remember were we playing Crash Bandicoot I think I, <laughs> Squid James and, uh, and for some reason we are googling something about Crash Bandicoot and we found this weird fan fiction in which Crash Bandicoot and Sonic the Hedgehog and a bunch of our related characters were all in high school together and we thought it was really funny because all the characters were like named by the, their first and middle names and they're like so like I can't remember what Crash Bandicoot's middle name was but he had one and it yeah. was like and then Crash Bandicoot had a brother called Squid James Bandicoot and then there was Sonic Maurice Hedgehog and we thought it was really funny why is it called then, Maurice? Yeah, we googled it we googled it and found this comic where he actually is called Sonic Maurice Hedgehog it was in Sonic the <laughs> comic oh, uh, or Sonic the Hedgehog issue 50 yeah oh my in, in god Maurice. Yeah. why would you call Sonic and then think do you know it would be a great middle name Maurice because I know there was there is a distinction isn't there there's like the UK comics and the Archie it's STH so I'm assuming it's Sonic the Hedgehog so the Archie comics because the UK ones were called STC Sonic the comic that's right because I had a couple of issues um, I, I had all of the issues oh <laughs> god Brian are you a furry <laughs> no I was a fucking seven year old kid who loved Sonic the <laughs> Brian are you a furry no, I'm kidding um, no but um, Sonic's pretty cool um, and his middle name is not Maurice his middle name is not Maurice it's the it's the I'll really out from this um, and another game that's also Involving Christian Whitehead, which is Freedom Planet 2. Hold on. I'm holding on. Uh, do we know when Sonic Mania is expected? It is expected in the first quarter of 2017. March, oh. I believe it is, actually, specifically. Okay. So, it's coming out for PS4, Xbox One and PC. And I will buy it. It looks very good. 
It yeah, it, it does look really good. It looks it looks fun. I'll probably pick it's it up. A, it's, a, it's probably going to be a better celebration oh. of Sonic's anniversary than the big game will be. Although I'm sure that will probably be okay. It's Sonic Project 2017. Oh, it's, it's got a classic one. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be If it's, if it's going to be Generations <laughs> 2, that's fine. Generations, Generations was good, but like it was just it seems like a bit the run in with a gimmick. Yeah, it's like, oh, we'll just do it again. Like, and I was a bit like, if they'd just done it so it was just normal, like regular modern Sonic, Sonic I would be probably more excited for that. Sonic Adventure 3. They need to make Sonic Adventure 3. Yeah, they, they do. But um, that was Sonic 2006. Sorry, I interrupted your perfect lead there to Freedom Planet 2. So, Freedom Planet 2 is a sequel to a game that was kickstarted a couple of years ago, Freedom Planet, which was originally a um, lead man from Christian Whitehead's um, Sonic fan games. Uh, was a fan game demo released in 2012, I believe, uh, which was set on an alternate planet for obviously most Sonic fan games follow the standard kind of like taking place on a planet called Mobius um, and this was set on a different planet but it had similar species and it was sort of tangentially linked it was kind of like a I think the term is a, a guiding game like it takes place on a sort of alternate um, not a timeline or continuity but like it, it like takes game. place in a different place to a normal timeline like sure. a ninja guiding like a, like a ninja guiding game Wait, um, but a guiding not, game a, gui- a guiding game this is like, Ah. This isn't to do with Ninja Gaiden. No, no. It's a terminology that they use to like um, indicate a game that takes place in the same world but on a, in a different place. A spin-off. A spin-off, yeah, is the, is the proper word. Um, do you mean, wait, are you trying to imply that Japanese is not proper words? Yes. Um, but anyway, <laughs> um, so it takes place on a different planet but it's the same species and it's tangentially linked to the Sonic storyline, or it was. Um, but they wanted to release it as a full game, so they repurposed it a little bit, changed things up, and they separated the Sonic because it was it was only like kind of like very slightly linked to Sonic. So they cut it off, changed some of the character designs from hedgehogs to dragons, bipedal dragons uh, that wear dresses, um, and now it became its own thing. And it was kickstarted for twenty five thousand um, dollars. And, and is this the first one? First one, yeah. Right. Um, and it did really well. Um, it's on Steam. It got through Steam Greenlight. Um, it's been in a couple of indie bundles. Um, general reception is very good. Um, it's got three different characters that you can play from the bat. Uh, Lilac and our two friends whose names I forget. And one's called Carol. Are they dragons too? <laughs> no, they're not dragons. Carol's a cat. And the other one's a rabbit. Um, and the ca- Carol can ride a motorbike. The cat can ride a motorbike. And <laughs> the rabbit thing can... can no, that's Lila's Oh, thing. these are cute art. <laughs> uh, it's really good art, isn't it? Um, yeah, there's a lot of really... Um, it seems like it's really supported by the community as well. It's it's a, it's a very, because it emerged from, from the, the fan community. game community, it's very fan-supported. Yeah. Um, but it plays kind of like a combination between Sonic and Mega Man. Um, or at least Mega Man X. More like Mega Man X gameplay than the older Mega Man titles. Because um, it's very fast-paced. It's all about like projectile um, shooting enemies and... Um, Enemies have hit points rather than just dying in one hit and all that kind of thing. You have hit points as well. Um, <clears throat> it's got quite a deep, well, not deep story, but it's got quite a, a involved plot okay. that you follow. Like it's not like Sonic, where it's like there are actual proper voiced cutscenes and that. It feels very much like um, if you remember the type of platformers that came out in the PS One era, like Tomba and yeah, Strider yeah. Two, where it's like it's it still looks like Mega Drive quality visuals, mm. but the audio is better. The gameplay is more fluid, and there's voice act and all that kind of thing. So it feels like a very high quality Mega Drive platformer. Mm. It's that kind of feel to it. 
Cool. It's a really good game. Um, you can get it for a couple of points on Steam. Uh, Freedom Planet 2, uh, the link between that and Sonic Mania is Christian Whitehead um, develops the engine for Freedom Planet 2, or is at least assisting in the development mm. engine. So the engine is going to be a bit more solid, it's going to have more features. Um, the retro engine that powers Sonic Mania and Christian Whitehead's other projects, which include the um, Sonic 1 and 2 and CD ports for mobiles and various other consoles, are very flexible. They're really, they're really great. Um, the retro engine is a great bit of kit. So hopefully it's some derivative thereof of the retro engine. Just but, out of interest, is uh, this engine, the retro engine that he built, yes. is that available kind of open source? No, it's closed source. Um, right. I believe Sega have some kind of stake in it. Right. Um, there are open source fan game engines out there that are used quite um, openly. Like Sonic 360 is one of them, for example. Yeah. Um, but um, Retro Engine is closed source, and I believe that is due to Sega's involvement. Fair enough. I was just so, curious. Um, but yeah, um, but it's a very good engine. It's probably the closest any fan game or third-party engine has come to emulating the gameplay style of old Sonic titles. So um, Freedom Planet 2 is one to look out for. Um, I would say it's... Um, one of the, like, I know there's obviously quite a lot of indie titles, we'll get into that later, Brian's got a few to talk about. I do. Um, but uh, I'd say that's one of the one of the ones you may not expect to be good. It's like it's, it's more of a traditional title, it's not an indie game indie game, it's more of like a something that's a, more of a retro title. It's, 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 it's looking pretty good. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I did not know. realise that the dragon wasn't a real dragon, I thought it was a dragon. It's not like a Peter dragon. It's like a, an anthropomorphic dragon. Yeah. It just barely looks like a dragon, but it's okay. It's a Sonic fan. It's, it's a cute. pseudo-Sonic fan. I remember Freedom Planet. I've heard of it. It's, good. it's genuinely a good beginning. It's worth buying. What's next on the agenda? On the agenda, I have uh, Persona 5. Oh There's God. probably not a good way to segue in from Freedom Planet. Alright. Ah, so, uh, talking about OCs. <laughs> Some people really like to... That's put themselves into you know make a bit of a Sonic <laughs> Persona five. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> You're too beautiful for this world. Um, <clears throat> I've played Persona three and four. I played four. I played four. Yeah. I, I think uh, I, I came in quite close to the end of the franchise at this at the point that I started playing it. There yeah. were lots of spin offs and there was so much of it I just I couldn't get into. Mm. Um, fantastic game, really solid, but. I'm hoping to get in on the ground level with this yeah. so that I know what's going on. It's um, These games are... I don't know if notorious is the right word because I think the implications of that word is not correct. But um, they're well known for being grind fests. Yeah. It's an indulgence in grinding. It's not grinding in that this game has too much grinding, it's a chore. It's like, this is a game for people that want to grind, right? Kind of. Which it's is possibly... Dungeon crawling. Like, if you like games like Disgaea... Um, where there is lots to do, you know. There, you can, there is, you can, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I like them, and I like that. I like games that you can just have, and have around for a while. I'm just, uh, and I use this word a lot in the podcast. I'm a huge fan of the art direction. Yeah, like I like that it's mixed media. So you've got some anime, you've got some uh, scenes that are like the full cel shaded characters. You've got a lot of scenes where the dialogue is through it's like, almost like a visual novel. Bubbles. Yeah, it's like a visual novel exactly. You are a sucker for a pretty game. And the the game itself, it's like half RPG, half uh, dating sim. Yeah, half the aesthetic is funny because it's kind of like that sort of like almost trendy, but a wee bit dorky. Yeah. Uh, the music is amazing. The character designs are really cool. Yeah. And the the actual. Um, the modelling and animation in it is just fantastic. It's, it's really a funny quality. kind of... Um, 
it's a game that you can immerse yourself in. And it's not... And that's kind of a funny word to use for these games, I think. Because it's not the kind of game where you immerse yourselves in it and forget that it's a game. It's a game where you always know it's a game. But you can sort of just be so involved in the game that you forget about other things. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, you immerse yourself in it in the same way that you immerse yourself in, like, studying for a test or something. Sure. You know, you're so wholly of this thing that that's all you're thinking about and you can really get right into it. I love that. That's a different kind of immersion where, because people think of immersion, you need to sort of hide the fact that it's a game. You know, kind of pretend, you know, make it so that you don't, you aren't aware that it's a game because that'll bring you out of it. This game never tries to pretend not to be a game because in every way it is just a game. And the mechanics are so obviously mechanics and mm. there's menus and, and things and, and you know, you, but it, it's in a different way, it's the kind of game that would appeal to somebody like um, who who likes to really spec out characters and, and think of things in that kind of sense. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing where you really need to enjoy the mechanics of the game as well. The, the, not the, that it's... You can enjoy it if you're not interested in mechanics because there's a lot there for you, but it's just a funny way that... You, I like the game because of the way that you can pour yourself into it and, and just really get to the nitty-gritty of the whole thing. The, the dating sim mechanics also apply to that as well because like, yeah. I, I didn't get that far into Persona 4 because it wasn't my copy I had to get back. Um, <clears throat> but you've got all this stuff that you have to take into consideration when you want to relate closer to a specific character. This is, this is across many different dating sims as well. Um, but like you have to do specific things in order to get closer to a specific character and if you're invested in that character or what that character comes across like and you want to see how your character relates to that character you have to do specific tasks you have to carry out things in a specific way and like you're saying that involves specking out things and making sure you're doing things in a specific manner and that yeah. does immerse you in a game and the social aspect and the dating sims and all that the social simulator aspect is not there's not, like... I mean, there is a kind of a clear divide between that and the dungeon crawling in that they're different sections, but they aren't completely separate either because the, the social aspect will kind of influence things in the dungeon crawling. Yeah, I mean, and you can strengthen like other your, parts of the game, right? Yeah, um, which is a really interesting way of doing it. So there's a motivation to play it as well as that because you can get further into the actual meat of the game yeah. by going further into that, but also gets you a little bit more relation to the characters that you might happen to like. Um, obviously, like Persona Four is like one of the more prudent or stringent, I suppose, examples of um, waifus in games. I'm not even kidding. Like, um, like there is a character for kind of everybody in that game. All the all the female characters. There's some some different stereotypes. I would be the yeah. I mean, like um, archetypes. archetypes. Archetypes is the right word. Um, no, I'm, I'm not kidding. Archetypes is the problem. No, no, you you are right. I um, use stereotypes far too often. Uh, they're not stereotypes. They are atypical characters. I mean, there's the the one with the long dark hair. She's a uh, Yamato Nadeshko yeah. uh, character. Um, She's a princess. He he may he may type. Ojo sama. Ojo sama. Yes. Um and yeah, you've got your hacker type, which is which is quite nerdy. Yeah. The the one with the long red hair. Sporty. Sporty spice. Um. Baby Spice. Um, posh Spice. Yeah, no. Well, no. You know what I mean. There's an anthropomorphic dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the buck fast the hedgehog. Um, but like, the the thing is... Um... Are you okay, Tom? I'm fine. <laughs> the, um, I don't really know a lot about Persona 5. Which is weird, because I really enjoyed 3 and 4. And yeah. I don't know if it's... I'm a bit burnt out on marketing. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, not, that's fair. Not, not to accuse Persona 5 of of 
being heavily marketed or anything like that. Because games it's not, in general, though. yeah. But there is a there is an emphasis on marketing that recently I am starting to become a bit burnt on. You know, they've stung me, so, or it's just it's, it's a very tiring thing to be constantly having to think about what's coming next. And I will really enjoy Persona Five when I get it. I, I anticipate buying that game. Yeah, uh, I just really haven't been paying attention to the marketing on that, which is maybe something I should be doing as somebody who is sitting on a podcast about <laughs> video games and stuff. But, I mean, it's just one where, at the moment, I haven't really been doing that. So the, the character roles that they've been putting out on YouTube have been pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, introducing the, the characters that are going to appear in the game. Um, they did put out a single episode of an anime. Oh, so there's an anime for five as well? O- only one episode, as right. far as I'm aware. I've watched so it's not going to be like how Persona 4 had a lot of they might well Persona yeah. 4 had like two series didn't it yeah I'm not the sure the anime um, that was a very popular game though I think it was like is that kind of like the breakout maybe 3 was popular 3 had an anime as well did it yeah. oh yeah, my god I don't know these things yeah. I've seen neither yeah, I need to check and, that I mean it wouldn't surprise me if going going into this they planned it all out yeah um, like Persona 4 had a whole bunch of games that were really not tied into the the RPG like Golden Arena so Golden Arena was a fighting game yeah they had Dance All Night which was a, a dancing game yeah other different game what was the sequel to the, the, the fighting game it was the Ultimate Suplex Fighting Arena that's a fucking great name for a game Ultimate Suplex <laughs> no Ultimate Suplex Hold Fighting Arena it's what, the kind of name that reminds me of like that, 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 that was ex- you know how like Guilty Gear has uh, ex- expansions they all have like uh, increasing the ridiculous things like right. reload reload sharp reload and uh, reload slash sharp reload. Was it Guilty Gear X2 sharp reload? Guilty Gear X2 sharp reload slash. Um, but it was made by the same people, Arc System Box. Um, so the first one was called um, Person- Persona 4 The Arena, or the Golden Arena, I can't uh-huh. And then the next one was called Persona 4 The Arena Ultimate Suplex Fight and Hold. Huh. That's <laughs> great. I love names like that. It's so kind so of spawns stupid. from like, the original Street Fighter 2 or something? Yeah, well, like yeah it's just like uh, a, 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 um, an exponential sort of yeah, yeah. Just, just keep adding stupid words. Bizarre yeah, words. So. Um, yeah, it, it does look really cool. And so the main characters in it are, are thieves. Yeah. And uh, they go into the... Is it the Midnight Realm or something? That's another thing. Like, because each game... I thought they were vigilantes. I didn't think they were thieves. They're thieves. Um, but they, 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 the whole idea behind it is that they're stealing people's hearts or something in the Midnight... Uh, is, is it the Midnight, it's called the Midnight, Midnight Realm? Midnight Realm or they're something. Not, no, steal stuff from bad people. I only watched that one episode of the anime with you and all I got from so it was that's, that's, like, They're vigilantes, but like, they're all thieves and all the characters <laughs> are based on like famous uh, thieves. thieves. Um, all their, oh, really? Oh, yeah. That, well, that, all their, their personas. You showed they me that wear, picture of one, the dandy. Yeah, they all... I really like... So the Hime becomes a dandy highwayman. Yeah. Uh, and they all wear like half masks, like, uh, like bandits. Persona's is one of those games where each game... Is self-contained. Yeah. So Persona Three is. I think about... the only running theme is the midnight. Yeah, and the uh, sort of run. the way the way the game works, kind of, it's a bit like Final Fantasy has crystals in each game as a running theme, but then the the story around that is always different. Is different always characters. Different. I mean, they don't always have crystals, but that's next week. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are small things yeah. so like <laughs> crystals, Chocobos, Moogles. Yes. Yeah. Um, Persona Three was about school kids, I think. Persona 3 had Warden School so far. Have they? Yeah, okay. Yeah. But these guys, I can't remember what they do. They shoot themselves in the head. If, in 3, it was it was a bit morbid. The Shin Megami Tensei games yeah. kind of are weird. Well, 4 is about people disappearing censored. or being murdered and stuff, isn't it? 
Uh, Four is about people keep getting murdered. Yes, and so they're investigating it, and then they go into the television. They do to go to the to meet the, the stupid bear thing, and then the Teddy. bear thing yeah. Tell, yeah, Teddy tells Teddy, them his mother, yeah. and then they have to meet themselves being gay or something like that. I don't know how the typical whole works. What <laughs> is um, that? Not what happens? Like, what? like one of the main like, like the bald the, the blonde guy finds out he's gay or something like that. I, I he has to meet himself being gay to find this out. I think so. Yeah, is I, ne- I never got himself? that far. Oh, right, okay. I thought it was just like it, the in in the midnight realm they found their uh, true shadow versions, true selves, or the shadow versions, and yeah. it was like so the true version of himself was oh that's me gay now, that's me gay. I'm sure he comes in the telly and he's like that's me gay now, boys. Well, so I had some that, suspicions, but I met my true self. I think the first character is like she's, she's struggling, telly. she's struggling like to show her anger and whatever. So. Yeah, I, I guess there's there's these ties to like feelings of repression in Japanese society where you know you're not allowed to show your true feelings or you're not allowed to, you know, mm-hmm. you you kind of have to adhere to certain social situations. Yes, that's so deep, yo. Well, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of good though. They're yeah. exploring that sort of thing. It is, yeah, course. and like I say, I think I'm speaking to one of my friends who's played the the original Japanese language versions. I think a lot of it is cut when it comes to the US. Because I guess because it, it, it just is quite dark, and yeah. a, a lot of it doesn't make sense to wouldn't be relevant. Um, uh, which is kind of annoying sometimes. I think that goes back to we were talking about localization and how sometimes you do want to experience something that is relevant to another culture that isn't necessarily yeah, yeah, relevant yeah. to you. Then, and if you don't understand it, then it's a learning experience. Because you learn something yeah, new. And you want to be exposed to it. It's because like, um, we it goes back to when we were talking about the different covers and stuff. But that's a massive. I suppose it depends on like where the cutoff is, like where where you're you're actively wanting to learn about how different cultures perceive. These kind of things, and where it then becomes completely, it's difficult. And it's such complete dissociation where you can't understand it because you're not a part of that. Yeah, it's difficult because the 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 touchstone and the context for what the game is saying is the culture, and you would have to live in the culture to have that cultural context. So yeah, it's you don't have the uh, sort of the cultural vocabulary kind of to understand what the game is saying. You don't have the foundation. Yeah, so you would just sit there and go. I don't understand the significance of this. Sure. So the, the meaning would be you, lost. You might not even but, say that. You might just yeah. like, it might just pass you by entirely. Yeah. And it's like, that was a significant point that you were later alive. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Sayonara is Etsuba Sensei. That's one yeah. where arguably to fully enjoy that show, you need to understand the cultural context for mm-hmm. the what they're talking about. A lot of the time they make jokes that are yes. in, so deeply ingrained in like Japanese culture and, and and so much of it's based on even just like language yeah it's like a lot of it's pun based humor yeah so they'll mess around with like a certain symbol of kanji yeah uh, like like his name it's itoshiki nozomu but if you write it the wrong way it's mr despair yeah and but that's that's where the whole like even even know like even that having that and not and knowing you're not understanding certain things there's a certain thing that is enjoyable about just experiencing another culture's sort of expression of itself yeah. and mm. art even if you don't understand it you can still appreciate it and yeah, I think absolutely. that um, it's a shame that sometimes that gets cut in video games because in video games I don't think there's an emphasis on preserving the original meaning of a game so I do have high hopes for this because yeah. the the personas this time they're all they all seem to have western design so it's like Zorro Dandy Highwaymen um, could I, I, I could t- probably analyse it more if I had it in front of me but I, I think the there's a really the important theme, question are there any cute robot women? I don't know about robots, but the the girl characters in it are no specifically the personas. There's that one that's in like Persona, either four or three, 
It's like it's the, three. I know the one you're talking about. The robot one with the blonde hair. I think that's three. She's got like gun fingers or something. Yeah, that's the three. Yeah, Labrys. Yeah. I think her name is. Yeah. Want more of that, Atlas? <laughs> more robot guns. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've only seen the personas that they showed them to have in the anime, and the only girl in that was just boobs. That was her persona. Yeah. <laughs> more interested than that. Her persona was more interested in robot women. Set, chips. <laughs> robot it. women don't need breasts. <laughs> they need gun fingers. <laughs> <laughs> So Crash Bandicoot is getting remade as well. Yes, it is. We've discussed this before, but like, it is a game I'm looking forward to in 2017, so I decided I'd want to mention it anyway. Yeah, just sort of touch touch base. Yeah, like, touch, um, touch base on it, just because it does look very, very good. Yeah. Like, um, it's the, I don't know if I mentioned this the last time, but like the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, what is this? Because it looked really weird and like, the animations look very stilty. It's just the way the trailer's edited. The trailer's yeah. edited very badly and it makes it look really horrible. It looks like a really. Um, I think we did say quite a lot about it because we we compared it to the Abe's Odyssey games, mm. the yeah. remakes of that. So um, it looks like a really sort of tr- uh, true to the original sort of remake. Yeah, That's yeah they're, the, they're sticking very close to the yeah. games. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's quite. Gr- I do enjoy that they're going back and adding time trials and stuff to the earlier time games. Yeah. It just gives it a bit more replayability. Yeah, definitely. which is something. Um, gives you uh, the. The motivation to go back and revisit those and games. Having yeah. the same control system unified across all the games because Crash One has quite kind of weird, weird. Like it's got a strange input like it. Um, yeah. because obviously it's a very, very, very early PS One game. It was, yeah. it was a launch title. Um, so having a unified control system for a modern, modern age across all three games will be quite interesting to see, mm. especially when you yeah, factor in stuff like the um, abilities from Crash Three. Like you've got your body slam. You're spinning all that. Kind of are they carrying? Are they carrying them over to? The um, no, I don't think they've not said, but I'm presuming probably not. I think yeah, that potentially break, break the game. Yeah, yeah, you'd really have to consider it. And yeah, I mean, if you or, can run around with the Wampa Fruit Bazooka yeah. in Crash One, you yeah. just like nuke the place. Pre-order to get your Wampa Bazooka in yeah. Crash One and Two because oh we know that's the Naughty Dog aren't like that though. No, it's not Naughty Dog that are developing it. Those Activision. Vicarious divisions. We're fucked. <laughs> no, I think I think they'll hopefully be true to the original. Before we move on to a different game. Can you talk about Crash Bandicoot? Just a little bit. Just yeah. a tiny bit. Because last time I was here on the podcast and we were talking about Crash Bandicoot and I really wanted to tell you guys this fact uh, and I didn't get a chance. A crash fact? Yeah. So, do you guys know anything about the Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped website? No. No. Uh, so I'm assuming you all know about the Space Jam website. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> and how it's like this piece of preserved history. It's an institution <laughs> unto itself. The Crash Bandicoot 3 Warped website was, until very recently, the same. So you could go on the website, you could download like MP3, like, it was like pre-YouTube or whatever, so if you wanted to watch the trailer you had to download it. And In like QuickTime. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> had to download the QuickTime file uh, and you watch the trailer, but you could still do that and you could still like look at all the different stuff for the, bef- like, that was all put up there before the game came out, uh, but it's no longer there. I checked oh, no. like a month ago. It is archived. Is it actually? Have it's you not the same. If you, it, Although I, I don't have Flash installed on this computer, so I can't watch it. <laughs> but it's it's on the Wayback Machine. That's, oh, I get that's, good. that's good. I'll post it's a link not, to it. It's not the... quite the same as knowing it's still there and somebody's still like maintaining that thing on yeah. the internet. Because the Space Jam website is still on yeah. the original yeah. URL. It's you know what I'd love? If they updated the Space Jam website with like 
a teaser for Space Jam 2. That feels, that feels, <laughs> no, no, that no, feels no. like sacrilege. That is yeah. sacrilege. Yeah. See, I, I feel like there should be, in the same way that you get listed buildings. Listed websites. <laughs> I think listed. I genuinely, like, because it's like, it's it's beautiful. You no, know, but, like, no, but in it, this, this this comes down to game preservation. It's it's related. Yeah, technically. But um, it's different in that they have to pay server costs and stuff. It's not just a, a case yeah. of don't delete that and, and don't block people from accessing it. And a listed building is like, if you want to own this building, you have to upkeep it. You can't demolish it so you could sell it. Maybe but if you say to somebody, stuff. your website's now listed, you're basically saying... Pay these server fees for the rest of eternity. Tender months. But maybe yeah. there could be like some kind of relief on that. Though. What, like the lottery <laughs> like website? Char- charitable, uh, a charitable yeah. place that like pays for the £10 a month upkeep for a website. Yeah. That they could start a forever. society where people can like join up as a membership. Just like a tiny, you know, like a pound a month. <laughs> Even like a pound <laughs> a year. Like Patreon, like, but to keep yeah, websites running. Just to keep... Because it's... In, I feel like it's an important part. You know, as someone who collects old consoles, like, must agree, like, <laughs> I don't have like, to pay... You bought yeah, a yeah. CRTV to, to like, preserve... Yeah. This, it, like, I was excited. I was looking through old files the other day, and I found a screenshot I've made of a YouTube video in 2006. <laughs> and I was like, man, remember when YouTube looked like this? <laughs> it's like, oh it's God. important. It feels exciting. But uh, it doesn't... It's like a Japanese diet website. I mean, I suppose the way about machine kind of is like that, except, like you say, it's not yeah. in the original context. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's nice that someone's looking after all websites. Uh, uh, very quickly, on. I would just like to say that Destiny 2 is rumoured to come out in 2017. There will be more Destiny in 2017. Has there been anything is, yes, other than There It is part of their plan. There, there is... Destiny has uh, updates every year. And it is part of their roadmap. There will be a release in 2017. So we know there's a release coming out. Mm. Uh, and it is more than likely Destiny 2. Uh, they've talked about it. They're developing Destiny 2 at the moment. Okay. Uh, and so it's more than likely coming out at the end of 2017. Um, and uh, I wanted to just mention it before people start to be like, you don't talk about Destiny anymore. <laughs> I still love Destiny. It's fun every, while, every now and then, but... It's not every day. Uh, I'm really looking forward. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to Mass Effect Andromeda, but I don't think anyone else here is, is judging by that the blank stares. No, no, and... Now, um, I would like to say that my non-response to that game is not because I I'm not excited by it. It's, I just don't haven't played the previous games to give me the sort of. If I was going to play Andromeda, it would be far down the line after playing two and three or whatever. Well, I, know I it's don't not think the there's same. a concrete release yeah. date, so you've got plenty of time. I wouldn't be surprised if it's if they release it. I would like Although I think to it's play Mass Effect on my PlayStation 4. PlayStation 4 has made me really lazy for going back and playing. Like, not games like, that no, were... I want all of my games on this console. It's right funny, because not games that are, like, a couple of generations ago. I will happily go out and get my PlayStation 2 and sit down and play it. Um, or, or my PlayStation 1 or whatever. But if it came out on the PlayStation 3 or anything, I'm like, <laughs> why haven't they updated this yet? <laughs> like, yeah. I just I have just this expectation that why should I have to play my Skyrim copy on the PlayStation 3? You know, I get to play it on my PlayStation 4. So bring me Mass Effect. I'm not making any effort to play these games. And that, no. my dear, is called Entitlement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I am a video gamer. <laughs> Entitlement's basically my modus operandi. So, just now, the uh, the initial release date for Andromeda is the 31st of March, which is way earlier than I expected it. It'll be delayed. Uh, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me. I, I kind of thought they'd go with the whole November 
seven thing. Yeah, I'll probably like they'll probably say we need to polish it, which basically means we need to cut more of it out so we can sell it as deals. I mean, I think the production team suffered like heavy losses because they had guys jumping ship, uh, key writers and stuff. Oh really? And developers. I, I mean, I can't remember anything specific, but I'm sure they lost people who were key to the development of this game at crucial moments. That's never a good sign, is it? Um, no, but. We'll see. Hey, I mean, it, it does look it does look very polished. It looks very pretty. But like, um, but we've we, only we, seen like a few. Well, that's s- what I was about to say. Like the, the 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 thing we've learned in the last couple of years, like you can make a trailer look as good as you want. It's marketing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Um, but though, like, I mean, Mass Effect is an interesting idea, and I liked Mass Effect One. I did complete it. Um, I really I, enjoyed Mass Effect One. I did which like is funny because that didn't translate into the second game. I just. See, I wanted to play Mass Effect 2 and I, I kept seeing it in shops when it came out and I was like, I'm going to buy that because I like Mass Effect 1. And then I think I left it too long and then I got to the point where it was like, it was an older game and I had more games that I was interested in and I was like, whatever, I, yeah. I don't have any interest anymore. So I think it just, it just passed me by. That's um, probably the easiest way to describe it. But I watched somebody playing Mass Effect 2 this year for a bit in Mass Effect 3. They were playing it for the first time, I think. And I, I found myself being like, oh, what's going on here? Seems kind of interesting. Bioware make good games. They I do. don't like Dragon Age, but I, I'll admit that it is they are good games. They're just not my kind of game, so yeah. uh, Dragon Age particularly, not the sort of type of game, because I was a big fan of Knights of the Republic uh, back in the day, which is basically what Mass Effect is, is Knights of the Republic without the Star Wars yeah. IP. Um, and I, I think they make good games. I think they still make good games. Um Maybe need to work on the ending of certain trilogies. Well, from what I heard, we play, play it first. Yeah, we do know that um, EA or I think it's EA. I don't think it's a Bioware Studio, but they are working on a on Star Wars RPG. Right. Because um, well, so, EA have exclusive rights to making Star Wars games, right? That's right. Yeah. Um. So they that was a terrible move. Because <laughs> Battlefront was not great. Um, from most accounts anyway. Um, they're bringing out something else for Battlefront next year as well. Uh, they've done the Rogue One update, haven't they? Um, where you get a Rogue One map and you get to play as Jyn Erso or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. There's a I just there's an untitled release for Battlefront that's yeah. coming out next year. And then year, they're, so they're doing interesting. They're doing some kind of big action RPG type thing, so that could be our return to Knights of the Old Republic. Probably not, but it's always worth it. Always worth the living hope for some We can hold it. Um, so I've just got a few. Uh, smaller titles I don't know if it's fair to say that titles that I don't know a lot about left unless you guys have got anything else I've not got anything um, so Pray for the Gods is a game that I kickstarted this year I don't necessarily know that it'll be out next year but I don't think there is a concrete release on it it caught my attention immediately because it, it is essentially uh, it was inspired by Shadow of the Colossus Right. Like you're running oh, around I know this, this one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know this. So the, the trailer that they showed um, had you run around these snow planes and you were being beset by a giant creature. Um, I, I, I have an issue with that game. And it is Go that it. it does look like Shadow of the Colossus again. Um, my issue with that is like, the, the, the pitch for the game is like, it's going to be like Shadow of the Colossus and Tomb Raider and all these games. And it's like, well, you know, that's fine, but like, you can't really just make Shadow of the Colossus again because Shadow of the Colossus is its own game and its own right yeah. it and is it may, it's, it's, it's interesting because it's it's a boss rush but it's done in a sense that it makes sense in the story hmm. and I think it's a bit derivative of them to say well it's Shadow of the Colossus inspired it blatantly is Shadow of the Colossus inspired and they've they've yeah. just changed the they've just changed the main character and it's guess what it's, and, and a, it's a woman with a bow 
Okay. Also, we don't know that it's. It, I mean, we don't know that it's just going to be bosses, though. I mean, it could be puzzle-based uh, open-world exploration. Well, they should show us that then, to be honest. So. <laughs> well, I mean, either way. No, 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 show me then. Either way, I mean, if if it was to turn around and be like, yeah, okay, it's a boss rush. It's based in this snowy landscape, and you know there are X amount of bosses to fight. I'd be okay with that. I I didn't back it at a particularly high level. I backed it enough to get a physical copy of the game. Shadow of the Colossus is. 11 years old now and I, I still play it and enjoy it yeah. and I think that there are very few games that have matched that aesthetically hmm. um, I mean since it was released and yeah I mean I, I'm looking forward to this one um, pray for the gods but like I say I don't know a lot about it it'll come out I'll get a summit on Metacritic and I'll be okay about it that's my opinion well if it Sorry. comes out that's a uh, well, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thing in itself <laughs> it's a Kickstarter game yeah. uh, also there's another one um Sea of Solitude, which uh, I did show you guys briefly before we started, mm-hmm. a couple of gifts from there. So that's that's been in development for quite a while, I think, uh, but it was picked up in the last couple of weeks by EA Originals as a publisher. Yeah. They're the guys who made, is it Unraveled, or the one with the, the little string guy? I yeah. thought that was uh, Ubisoft. That was Ubisoft. Yeah, it was, it was the guy that was terrified on stage. Oh, well, that was EA. That was EA. No, it was Ubisoft. Are you uh, sure? I thought it was Ubisoft. Maybe it was a year. I'm pretty sure it was E3 a year. just be becomes year. one big fever dream. You're just like, oh my god, what's going on? <laughs> uh, no, Unraveled is EA Originals. I think. Oh fuck! Uh, looking at looking it up here, just because I, I don't want people calling us out on bullshit. Um, uh, Unraveled, yeah, it was Electronic Arts. EA and Ubisoft shows are really hard to understand. Grow Home was Ubisoft, I think. Which one was that one? Little Robot had to fight all the fans guy, and stuff. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. So, like, it, basically, it always like, which, they came out which, which show? Time, right? Which show is the uh, top one? Not exactly the same time, the no. Ubisoft. Aisha Tyler. 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 Yeah, she, does, she does Ubisoft. She does all the funny name jokes. Because uh-huh. um, Eve Gilmore comes out and you're like, he is really short. He's very, very short. And he comes out and he's like, I really like video games. And you're like, ah, it's Eve. I don't know why I like you so much. <laughs> but you're, you're, just... you're, a, you're a calculating businessman, but you look like a top lad. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see you, Solitude. Uh, you... I liked the aesthetic of it. I did like... It looked nice. Well, uh, just, just for our listeners who may not uh, know much about it, it's exploration-based adventure video game. Uh, you play as a young woman called Kay, who, are, who is exploring an abandoned, submerged city, uh, and its creatures... She doesn't want a boat for that. She wants a submarine. Is it in a submarine? I no, thought it was a boat. a boat. And I, I quite like the fact that like there are only certain parts of the world that are accessible. Oh, okay. Through the flooding. It's yeah. kind of... So you're when, not when really we're so you're like, so, so the submerged world, bit kind of removes it. But you're, well, you're trying to piece together the submerged city by looking at what is protruding. Well, she's... Is looking, it water world? She's looking for monsters Cause, because cause, yeah, she's like, turning into one. Is it got Kevin Guy in it? Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner, yeah. No, it does have a dragon. Oh my God. Oh, yes. No. Is it a bipedal dragon or a man? <laughs> How many children are dressed? Can it run fast? It's been too fast. How fast does it choose? <laughs> Dear God, what? Uh, no, it looks like an amazing game. And the, the artist has cited uh, like inspiration from Ghibli and yeah. uh, other cool things. You said it was Kafka esque, which intrigued me. Because if it is, that that's. Uh, I think it looks kind of Kafka esque. Yeah. Kafka's an interesting. It's monsters in transformation. Is she turned into like a really hideous monster? Is it really grotesque? And... Well, some of the Do monsters. Do you mean Kafka esque like... or Lovecraftian? I don't think it's necessarily Lovecraftian. Lovecraftian. I mean, there are there are massive monsters yeah. in it. Right. Maybe that's and there's certainly uh, the fear that there's something happening inside like, you that you don't yeah. have control over. Sounds good anyway. I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah, and it looks very pretty. So I'm gonna yeah. post some 
uh, some links. And the, the third game? Third, third game is Absolver. Absolver. Which I don't know anything about. I watched... Uh, <laughs> I've got the page open in front of me, so I can literally like, read is the description. Is this the Cyberpunk one? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, I'm thinking of a different game. Oh, anyway, sorry. Valhalla? Uh, no, there's another one. It's a top-down shooter. I can't remember. Oh. But, so. Is Cyberpunk making a comeback, then? It looks like it, yeah. Sorry. And CD uh, Projekt Red are going to have a massive impact to a third yeah. Cyberpunk game. When that's it looks released. amazing. It, it, this is another one, though, that's been... This is possibly... I don't know, is it coming out this year, though? I don't know, but it's, it's just, the kind of game where it's like... Massive, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's not that's probably not coming out for another couple of years. They is that the money, that, is the money that they've just been given to going to be going into that development? I or is it a different so, game? Yeah, I sure. think it's it, it's just... Is it not for um, development of their multiplayer in general? I thought it was a specific game that could come I'm from sure they've said... In the no, because I read, a, I read a, an article where it was like they had been given this money towards their next title. Well, that, that because their 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 games are a really big export. For the Polish government had a massive um, grant that they gave to developers. I think it was like twenty eight yeah. million in total, um, and they got like seven or eight million just just CD Projekt Red to themselves. Yeah. So they 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 were like, but you I sort think of they said they were developing yeah. uh, putting it towards development of their multiplayer platform. Yeah. You sort of laugh like I think some people sort of go, oh. Uh, because people laugh about the fact that um, Poland, their prime minister, gifted a copy of The Witcher two to Obama, and stuff like that. But actually, CD Projekt, not just The Witcher, very but as games. a company, are very important for like the development of their sort of industry and economy. I think. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah. like if you look at the way that they, they basically, because um, I think I read at the time, CD Projekt, um, they started off by pirating games and selling them in Poland because people didn't localise games in Poland. So they were like, hang on, why are we pirating them? Let's, Let's just localise them. And so they they created basically the video game market in Poland, which yeah. is a, a pretty big market, I and think. And so, logical conclusion that is like, as far as I'm concerned, as far yeah. as I think most of us in the room will be concerned as well, Witcher 3 is the gold yeah. standard for RPGs now. We could have a yeah, really good pro- podcast talking just about CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think this is... Uh, I, I really did just derail it because we want to hear about Absolver. Absolver, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I watched a trailer for it last week and uh, this was following uh, some work that the developers had done on uh, a melee system for Unreal Engine and it looks pretty incredible. Um, so... Wait, so... Um, it's it's a martial arts-focused action role-playing game. Right. And it's okay. been developed by a bunch of bunch of people in Paris that uh, were formerly uh, Ubisoft Paris employees. Oh, uh, they showed this at PSX, didn't they? I think I know what this is. Uh, quite possibly, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been developed for PlayStation 4, uh, Windows, yeah, and Yeah, I think Xbox. what you're talking about, yeah. So. And it just looks really cool. I'm, I'm going to put the trailer up that I watched because the fight scenes in it look so fluid. They're, they're so well done. And um, I think anyone that's interested in development in Unreal and potentially hand-to-hand combat melee combat games could learn quite a bit from the, here's the developer blog here's the thing that interests me about this then um, because obviously a lot a lot of um, games that are involved in like direct um, 1v1 combat or like combat in general are um, very esports centric now um, I'm wondering if this Absolver title will have anything to do with that because it's kind of expected now that any kind of game like fighting or combat titles in particular have that element integrated into it are they going to break from the norm there being a small title or are they going to try and play to that norm? I'm wondering. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, it's going to have definitely multiplayer because um, it talks about fighting alongside other players uh, right. or directly fighting them in uh, PvP. Yeah. But uh, I don't know necessarily they're going to focus on esports. 
I think uh, focusing on uh, multiplayer games in general is always a safe bet because it's kind of like you can count on a group of friends playing it and then maybe having yeah. a copy mm-hmm. each. Um, but it's just the 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 hand to hand combat thing made me immediately think of that, and it's it's almost like people would perhaps like maybe that's just a, a bad judgment on that part, but people would almost expect that of a title that does involve hand to hand combat. So it must have some kind of competitive element to it. So. I mean, are you thinking along the lines of like Street Fighter's uh, esports involvement, or uh, any fighter in general? I would say like um, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, all that kind of thing. But obviously, it's not doesn't sound like it's that kind of game. Yeah. But even still, like it sounds more like Gang Beasts, actually. If you know what that is. I do. That's yeah. that's really quite cartoony, isn't it? That, yeah. That that one. It's, I'm pretty sure the guys that do Gang Beasts were talking about VR, uh, re- uh, an event recently as well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, it, it from the look of it, it looks the art direction, the style of it. It's yeah. it looks quite serious, quite. Um, mm-hmm. It looks like they're almost going for stylized realism. Yeah. Uh, this isn't the one with the swords, is it? Yeah, it's got weapons in it as well. Is this because is this the one where the they like made a bunch of videos of all the people hitting each other with swords in the green screen like mocap room? Ass. <laughs> Honestly, um, I mean, if I can find a link to that, I'll put it in the. Okay, well, I think you're thinking of a, a Kickstarter thing there that was a, failed. There was a Kickstarter oh, that was yeah, meant to no, be right, yeah. like really realistic sword fighting. Sword fighting. Yeah, yeah uh, right. it did fail. And it, it failed. I can't remember what it was called though. Um, sword men. <laughs> sword men. <laughs> this is this is a uh, being compared a sword uh, affair to Dark Souls and Street Fighter. Um, <laughs> in, in in early reviews and. Uh, previews of it. I mean, even in, even in Dark Souls and really any of the Souls games, there is a PvP element to that. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what transpires of that. If there's a meta game to this title. Yeah, it should be cool. And it it looks like from what I've seen of it so far, it does look really polished. Like it's it's got some really great concept art, and the the actual they're putting a lot of time into the the melee aspect of it. So it's not just going to be a I don't know like ragdoll type thing. It's going to yeah. Be, because I, I mean, like the the competitive community for all these kind of games always comes up with really interesting stuff, and especially when it comes to fighting t- fighting tales and Dark Souls as well, trying to find out what is the best build for a character to compete mm. with. So it'll be interesting to see if that if they are attracted to this game because we could see some really interesting stuff in that. Yeah, we we should maybe touch on uh, some listener recommendations yeah. oh, right, for okay. the coming oh, yeah. year. We uh we actually have quite a lot of uh. People that have gotten in touch with us uh, with the games that they're most looking forward to. So, do you want me to just go through the list? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll pass around the laptop. We can yeah, read we one do, each. We'll, yeah. Caroline Sweeney uh, is looking forward to Yoshi's Woolly World for the 3DS and Watam. I don't know what Watam is. I've uh, heard of Watam. I don't know exactly what it is. I've never heard of one it. To, it's one to look up, I think. Um, so, uh, Oh, you've actually written this one. I'm fairly sure this is a joke. Uh, Gareth Purdy's looking forward to Final Fantasy 15 DLC. Lol, 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 lol. Um, I know that's a joke because he's he's not particularly enjoying Final Fantasy 15. So oh uh, I, I will pass this on. Ian Everett did yep. he not win? He won the game. He won the he 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 he, he got one of the game quotes right. Yeah, he he got the banjo and kazooie one. Yeah, regular list. Well done. Which maybe um, is also why this is his most anticipated game. Yeah, he's looking forward to ukulele, which yeah, makes sense. That's very good. Yeah, he got the banjo kazoo. It looks yeah. super cute. Yeah, it does look good. Uh, I was watching a playthrough of the the demo on it. Actually, it's really oh, interesting. It looks good. Yeah. yeah it looks good. Okay. Really. Okay. So Verona. 
Parker. <laughs> Sorry if we just mangled your surname. Sorry, I have no idea how to pronounce. You've just wrote RDTR. I just Corona pasted R- it from DTR. the Facebook page. It's looking forward to Gravity Rush 2. Looks good. Horizon Zero Dawn and Danganronpa, which I assume is Danganronpa V3. V3. Because that's the one that's coming out next year. Yeah, I believe so. I'm looking Which forward to Gravity Rush 2 as well. I think it looks amazing. I've, I've only got a little bit of Gravity Rush 1, but it's very fun. I'm going to download the demo after this podcast. Oh, oh my god. So, Michael Pilkington, who we hey. know as Pilkey. Pilkey. Half-Life 3. <laughs> Sweet Dreams Pilkey. Good luck. That's all I'm saying to that. I would love for nothing more than Half-Life 3 to get an announcement in 2017. Uh, who else we got? Oh, Cat Hall. Or Palcat, who is uh, also looking forward to ukulele because I was a huge fan of Banjo Kazooie and I'm looking forward to the nostalgia trip. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good reason. Martin is looking forward to Mass Effect Andromeda, um, which we talked about previously on this podcast just a, a few minutes ago. <laughs> so you've got a pal. Uh, oh, actually, there's there's another one. Um, uh, Catherine is seconding this one. Is she seconding Mass Effect or is that she game? Yeah, uh, she's she's seconding Martin's. Okay. Uh, Sean Clements says he's really looking forward to the Final Fantasy VII remake. Hey, that's my buddy Sean. Finish it. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. Uh, but he says he's looking forward to it after playing Final Fantasy Fifteen. Oh I hope God. he means that because he's, he's going to redeem Square <laughs> after the Look, Steam and well, Final Fantasy well. Fifteen appealed to some people, okay? Yeah, it, it did have like its moments. The unit appealed to you, Brian. I, I, I'm enjoying parts of it. This... I am enjoying parts of it. It's okay to be wrong sometimes, but... <laughs> So Careful. No. So good old Chris Brown is looking forward to Patapon Remastered. Hey. Because Patapon is amazing. It is amazing. It'll be good yeah. to be able to play it on a TV instead of needing to own a, a Vita to play that one or a, a PSP. Well, we have a Vita anyway. Which, speaking of, um, there's a couple of games I'm surprised that Dave isn't excited for coming out next year. Like what? Like Samurai Kagura. Oh, wait, oh, Peach Beach Splash. Is that, is that the one that's like a, it's a Splatoon rip off or something like that, right? Yeah, it's girls in bikinis with war guns. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I've not even watched any of the trailers for that yet. I'll probably need to get into it. Sandman Kagura oh. was in Dave's uh, best of 2016. It was genuinely a very good game. Um, but, <laughs> no, it was. Um, so I'll need to watch the Peach Beach Splash show in the dark. Oh, no. um, but uh, anyway, you and Craig. and Craig. Craig. What's the Craig? You and Craig. Um, Spay work. Definitely God of War. Really interested to see how all the changes in these. Like, maybe there'll be more quick time events and bigger the boss. Oh, I forgot there's a God of War coming out. He's a bearded man. He's he looks like you. Oh, yeah. He looks like you. He's a beardy fella. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I, am, I am the sort of... He's God of War that's kept up his physique, and I'm God of War that let it go in his 40s. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm the God of War. It's like, all gone down okay. for me. I, I'm like God of watching Game of Thrones and eating pizza on a Thursday night or something like that. God, God of, of War, videos. but maybe a little bit Robert Baratheon. <laughs> I used to be able to pick up this axe, but now I'm just fat and old. <laughs> so that's um, God of War. Was it God of War 5 at this point? I can't remember. God War? Four, five, ten, Christ, yeah, Christ. Well, they, they've given up, so why should you? Yeah. <laughs> is, is, is anyone just called God of War? I, mean? I believe so. Yeah, it's 2016. God. You don't so put just called God of War. Yeah, you don't do it. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's now the present now. age. <laughs> it's, it's the current year. I thought it looked interesting. It had that sort of uh, the, the now um, 
what is it frequently tread ground of it, it starts and they're like hunting in a forest and that's how the game yeah, starts I liked the trailer, yeah. which is fine it works it looked like the revenant a bit yeah which is worrying yeah. God yeah. It's, it nice, it's not deep mechanically but it's a nice game for some spectacle I think. it, it looks yeah. very nice yeah so there's no doubt about that and the last one i'll hand to oh brian oh cool so this one was from uh twitter it was from uh oh, sorry if i mangle your name Devin Rearn, Rearnsma uh, and they are looking forward to Red Dead Redemption 2 Spider-Man Sea of Thieves and Riot Spider-Man does look quite interesting I'm excited for Spider-Man Spider-Man there's some been, been some really good Spider-Man games in the past yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 Spidey 2 and PS2 was fantastic yeah. um, what was the one for the Dreamcast and the PS1 that was quite good as well can't remember it was just, I think it was just called Spider-Man was that um Spider-Man was that free roam as well or uh, I think it was it was large levels right um because they really nailed the free roam of the city in Spidey 2. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I, I didn't play the previous ones. The one for the PS1 and the Dreamcast, so you could put it to kid mode, and every time you put it to kid mode, it was a different voice, but it went kid mode. <laughs> and then the tutorial was narrated by Stan Lee. But right. the tutorial in Spidey 2 and 3, I think, Bruce was Campbell, right? Bruce Campbell, yeah. The, the man with the chin. Yeah, because um, Sam Raimi. Oh, yeah. Basically, because so, he's friends with Bruce Campbell because of Evil Dead. Remember when we watched Spider Man 3 and actually had a very good time? That was a great one. <laughs> that's a, that's I, actually I, a no bad film. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy Spider Man 3, and I will fight people who just don't <laughs> understand why it's good. So, for anyone that Liam's offended by saying he doesn't like Final Fantasy 15, you can kind of get an idea of what his tastes <laughs> No, whoa, 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 wait, 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 because this is going to get bloody. Let me say, I know it's not a good Spider-Man film, <laughs> but there is something to be said for just dumb schlock sometimes. There is, yeah. And I, I have said that I do enjoy the superficial aspects of Final Fantasy XV that I think people respond to, but I was expecting more depth. And I don't expect depth from Spider-Man 3. Um, so let's finish up with another poorly remembered game quote. Oh, it's me. Okay. It is. It's your turn. <laughs> okay. So my poorly remembered game quote is, well, we're not here to sell cookies, so they must know something's up. Cool. Well, if you uh, think you have an idea of what that is, let us know. And uh, nobody got the the one that we had last time, the Crash Bandicoot oh one. God. Nobody Seriously? messaged us. No one got wow. it. That one a prize for Oh, um, for they get that. Uh, no. No. Oh my god. We hope you're, you're all having a really nice Christmas. No, have a good festive season. Yeah, have a good yeah. time, guys. And have a great new year. Stay safe. We'll see you in 2017.